So last time I um, talked about how to create a, a good circumstance for doing calm abiding meditation, the external circumstance where you want to uh, meditate, an internal circumstance in terms of having few desires, being content, having good ethical conduct, and lessening one's um, preconceptions about sense objects. Then we talked about um, the, the cushion, the meditation seat, and also your posture when you sit down to meditate. And so when you've sat down to meditate and you're, you're all ready to go, then it's um, good to check our motivation and to make sure that the motivation for doing the practice is something pure. So that we're not just aiming for calm abiding because calm abiding is something far out and wonderful and we want to be far out and wonderful, um, but because we really see the, the place of calm abiding in the whole Dharma practice and its value in terms of giving us a, a more powerful, concentrated mind to be able to actualize the other attributes of the path. And so with a you know, refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha and a determination to be free from cyclic existence and an awareness of the necessity of realizing emptiness to free ourselves and to be able to have that, that realization of emptiness be strong and we need calm abiding, then you know, we make the decision or the determination to try and attain full enlightenment for the benefit of others and so that we can we develop calm abiding. Okay, so we really permeate even this meditation on calm abiding with bodhicitta. It's quite important, you know, so that we really keep a pure motivation in what we're doing. And then also, uh, because anything we do with bodhicitta becomes very powerful karmically. You know, because when you have bodhicitta, your action, any small action, has behind it the wish for the welfare of all beings and for their, their enlightenment. So the act, any action done with bodhicitta becomes extremely powerful, creates a lot of positive potential. And then that positive potential itself enriches the mind and enables us to attain realizations quicker. Okay, so you see, if you do the if you do the calm abiding meditation with the motivation of bodhicitta, it it helps to create that positive potential, which helps you to actually attain calm abiding. Okay, and then it makes sure it ensures that if we do attain calm abiding, that we're going to use it for the proper purpose, and not just get sidetracked because it's so blissful. And I think this is why, you know, many of the Tibetan lamas don't put, you know, their beginning students in calm abiding retreat because it's so tempting just to get blissed out. And then it's great. You stay for a long time being blissed out, but you don't develop all the other qualities on the path. Okay, so if you have bodhicitta, then that ensures that even you get calm abiding, you're going to use it to develop the other qualities and realizations on the path so that you can actually free yourself and others. So that's why it's important at the beginning of the session when you're doing calm abiding retreat to meditate on bodhicitta. 
if you, when you sit down to do your session, your mind's a little bit turbulent and distracted, then it's good to watch the breath for a couple of minutes to settle the mind down and then generate the, the motivation. And we have prayers, and that's why we do the prayers at the beginning here, because that's reminding of us of our motivation. But it's very powerful if in your daily meditation you can begin to cultivate the motivation yourself and explain it to yourself and, gen- you know, te- help yourself learn to generate the bodhicitta. Okay. I mean, I kind of do very quick, quick things each uh session here to remind people of it, but it's good if you take some time in your practice and and learn to do it for yourself. Okay, and so at the beginning of the session, maybe you do a couple minutes of breathing, you generate the bodhicitta, and then it's good to do the seven limb prayer before before you start the actual calm abiding meditation, because with the seven limb prayer, um, you purify lots of negative karma, which obscures the mind, and you also, again, enrich the mind with a lot of positive karma. So that's why we do the seven limb prayer before all our sessions here. It's a really standard prayer. In fact, many of the longer prayers and even deity meditations, they, they very much focus around the seven limb prayer. People asked before about the Lama Chupa or Guru Puja, and that's basically one long seven-limb prayer plus a long-room review prayer. You know? <laughs> a few other things thrown in, but that's basically what it is. Okay? So uh, it's, it's quite important to do that. It really enriches and helps the mind. And then it's also good after the long limb, uh, after the seven limbs to do um, some requests to to the Guru Buddha, to your spiritual teacher in the aspect of Shakyamuni Buddha. And that's what we're doing here, you know, while we do the request prayers, because um, requesting that inspiration really helps to wake the mind up and, and tune it in and make us feel close and make us feel sustained and helped in our practice. So the request is quite important, too. And then once that is, is completed, then you can actually start the calm abiding meditation. And like I was saying last time, it's good at the beginning, to especially, especially the beginning, to make the session short so that it's the quality of the session that's more important and then to slowly begin to extend them as your ability to uh, hold the object of meditation increases.